Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta and I have a phenomenal guest today. I'm so, so excited. This is super surreal for me and I'm sure you guys have caught her on the Ellen show and she had her most recent appearance um, just last week, I believe. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Kim Douglas, um, who is a wonderful beauty expert. She has so much knowledge and, and just so much great insight. So welcome to the show, Kim. I'm so excited you're here. Ekta, we have got a great show. I'm so excited about talking to you and it's a privilege to be here. You have talked to some really high powered women and people in the beauty industry and I am so excited to be a part of it. That's amazing. Yes, I, I thank you for so much for the compliments. It's, it means the world. And I, uh, you know, I know when you said yes, it was so surreal for me because I was like literally screaming. I was like, oh, yes. so, well, um, that makes me feel good. Good. Well, I want to dive in and I want to start from the beginning because I want to know all about your wonderful career and if you could share your journey in the beauty world with us and really what intrigued you about it from the beginning and how you got involved. Um, so you want to go, you want to go way back or do you want to go just beauty? Um, well, let's go way back. Well, let's I wanna... go way back. Okay. Yeah. Buckle your seatbelt because this <laughs> is going to be a bumpy ride. Um, all right. We'll start out, uh, raised in Detroit, a suburb of Detroit, Michigan, parents, immigrants from Scotland. Um, my dad still wears a kilt. Thank you very much. Um, love it. Kilt, yes. love it. And, um, my mom was a homemaker. My dad was a carpenter. And uh, I remember it as clear as it was yesterday. I was in our home in the suburb of Detroit. And back in the day, you're not going to believe this, but there wasn't Cartoon Network or all the other wonderful uh, kids streaming stuff. So there were three networks. And I was sitting yeah. doing my homework in the living room. And we had an archway to the kitchen. My mom could see me in the living room while she was cooking in the kitchen. Yeah. And I was doing my homework on the floor, watching TV, but not really watching. And a woman came on doing the evening news. And I'd never seen a woman before in that type of position. Her right. name was Jessica Savage. She was a precursor to Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer, um, you know, uh, the Nora O'Donnell, who's on network news right now. But it all always had been men. And she happened to be blonde and fair. And um, I looked and I was so surprised and something jolted me in my spirit. And I yeah. turned to my mom and I said, mom, I want to do that when I grow up. And my mother was stirring a big bowl of stew and she yeah. looked me in the eye and she said, well, then you will. And she turned right back around and kept oh. stirring the stew. So you know wow. what? I never thought for a moment that I couldn't. And what she probably should have said is, Kim, your odds of getting to New York and being an anchor woman. Oh, I'm going to move into the other room because now we've all of a sudden got uh, helicopters and all kinds of things <laughs> going on here. That must be my mom from. Uh, <laughs> she heard you. <laughs> yeah. Saying you better be talking about me well. Anyway, yeah. um, my mom, my mom should have said you, the odds of you becoming a news anchor in New York are slim to none. You um, are in Detroit. Your dad. Uh, entertainment world, and you are most likely going to work for GM, Ford, or Chrysler. So get over yourself and don't be silly, and uh, let's finish your homework. But she didn't. 
And she, you know, she was so encouraging. And I guess I just want to say that to your audience, if if it's a CEO or a future businesswoman right now, thinking like, you know, maybe I could do this, but oh, I'm in Ohio or oh, I'm in Alabama, whatever. You know what? Just don't let anyone tell you you can't. And uh, so uh, from the age of 12 on, I just made that my quest that that's what I was going to do. And um, I never veered from it and I never wavered. And I, the day I turned 16, I went to our local, um, I got my driver's license and I went to our local news station and I said, I don't care what I have to do if I have to clean toilets or sweep the floor, but I'd love to intern here and be a part of your station because I wanted to be around news and I wanted yeah. around what I thought you know was going to be my career path so um I went there they gave me an internship it was actually more of a tour guide for the local Girl Scout Boy Scout group senior citizens around the news station um I ran into the news director every day because I was going into the news uh, room. Yeah, yeah. I went up to him and I said, I want to be a newscaster. What do I need to do? He told me what college to go to. He told me what degree to get. He told me what grades to get. And he wow. said, if you don't do that and you graduate in four years, I'll give you a job. So, you know, wow. what, you know what I did? I went yeah. to college. I got the grades. I did the major and I graduated on Friday And I walked into his office on Monday and I said, four years ago, you said you'd give me a job if I blah, blah, blah. Here it is. Here's my transcripts. I want a job. And he said, man, I never thought I'd see you again, but okay. (laughs) uh, He gave me a per diem job, which means um, I was hired by the day. I wasn't under contract or anything, but if anyone got sick or got pregnant or whatever, I could fill in. So I prayed for pregnancies and I hate to say it, but I actually prayed for people to get colds and uh, (laughs) they would be out a couple of days and I would get um, enough time on air to make a reel, a demo reel. And then I went to upper Michigan and I, um, became an anchor woman at 21 anchoring the six and 11 o'clock news, which was rather wow. unique for its time. And yeah. my first interview, um, up there was with a man named Jerry Douglas from the young and the restless. Um, I, I was on my pathway to be Barbara Walters and go to New York and Chicago and be a Milwaukee. And I ended up interviewing him. And six months later, we were married. So that took care of that. Wow. And he you was, just took me on a ride. That was- I know, right? <laughs> and um, he was um, under contract in uh, Hollywood being John Abbott on The Young and the Restless. So yeah. I moved from uh, upstate Michigan, Marquette, to Hollywood in within six months, which is not the right route to take for news. And I found myself in Hollywood and everyone was like, we've never even heard of Marquette. You're never getting on air here. So good luck. And that, that's crazy. Yeah. That was the turning point. And again, it's so uh, relevant to what's going on right now. It's like you have to pivot when God takes you on a different ride and you have your path all set out, but he takes you on it, you've got to learn to pivot. And if you can flow, you're going to be successful. If you stay with your foot in the ground, I wanted to be Barbara Walters and I'm not moving. Guess what? 
I would have been still sitting there 30 years later going, I'm still really good and you should have me as an anchor woman. Well, it didn't happen. So that's where my pivot to the beauty world came. So uh-huh. um, I found myself out here in Hollywood. There was a new network starting up that no one had heard of and everyone said wouldn't last called E! Entertainment. Mm. And everyone was like, oh, no one's going to watch 24 hours of entertainment. That's never going to last. So I auditioned there and they said, yes, we'll hire you. So I got into their like entertainment news, but they wanted me to do gossip. And I didn't feel in my spirit that that was the right thing for me. I'm not yeah. judging anybody, but it didn't feel right for me. So I said, you know what? I love interviewing Jennifer Lopez. I love interviewing uh, Jennifer Amston. I love interviewing Heidi Klum, but I don't want to say gossip about them. How about if I find out their beauty secrets? Because everyone wants to know, how does J-Lo get that glow? How does Heidi Klum keep that body? How does Jennifer Amston do her hair? So I ended up uh, pivoting into that arena. And it led me into researching and finding the top beauty experts, the top makeup artists, the people that would do Jennifer Aniston's hair, the people that would do JLo's skin and facials. And then I ended up finding out really great things like, you know, Jennifer Lopez really does talk about uh, how her grandmother did a sugar scrub. And that's what she does. She goes in the shower with brown sugar and, um, a body wash and scrubs her skin daily and to, you know, to promote that beautiful glow. So that's how I got into the beauty world. Oh my gosh. This is so fascinating. Like I've just been like a kid on the court, you know, the edge of my seat the whole time. This is amazing. And I love that you have had this incredible, you know, like it, yeah, you you took a turn, you know, into what you, what you, your passion was, but I, I love that you said that you have to go with the flow. I mean, that really hit me, you know, personally, because I know that that is something that I, I know I struggle with. I know a lot of my friends struggle with, you know, and it's, it's the best advice I think that you could ever give. So, you know, that that's amazing. So, okay. So you've got into beauty and then what was your, like, when you got in, what, what did you want to do like independently? Like, you know, other than learning about, um, you know, uh, like it's beauty is such a big world, right? Yeah. So it's like hard to find a niche. So how did you approach that? So I'm going to be really vulnerable right now. And I haven't said this on any other podcast or interview, but I wish I could tell you that I had this grand plan and I wanted to be of service to others and, you know, help my community and blah, blah, blah. But I got into beauty fairly young. I was only 23. So it was all about me. And here's my honesty to you. In high school, you know, I wasn't the least popular, but I wasn't the most popular girl. And I wasn't super confident and I didn't feel super pretty. I felt like Kathy Murphy and Kathy Miller and Maria Mercator were all so much prettier. And they had boyfriends that were more popular. And this is the honest to God truth. I just wanted to be liked. And I felt that the way I could be liked and I could be popular and I could be successful. And remember, this is back in the day. This isn't our woke society now. I had to be be beautiful. And if I was beautiful, then I could be successful. And then I could be popular. And then I could achieve my dreams. And, you know, it isn't that much different now. But what's different now is that society has opened up and said, you can be beautiful whatever size 
color, hair color, height. You know, I was 5'2". I wasn't six feet. I didn't have the body of Kendall Jenner. I didn't look like uh, Gigi Hadid. I, you know, and I wanted to be pretty. I just wanted to be beautiful and be liked. And here's my message to you. I don't think there's anything really wrong with that. I don't think we have to say beauty's terrible and you shouldn't want to be beautiful. You should want to be a scientist and change the world and save. You know, it does start inside. It is an inside job to coin a cliche. And if you do feel good about yourself and confident and beautiful in you, not outside beauty, I'm 5'2". I'm never going to be six feet. I feel pretty at 5'2". I really do. I love having a small waist and some curvy hips and tiny feet. And and that's okay. Now, society says I can never be a model. I can never walk a runway. I can never wear clothing uh, for a designer because I'm not tall and hanger-like body. But that's okay. I really like my body. And, you know, um, that was Thank you. That was my motivation for getting into the beauty industry. I wanted to be pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I'm so, first of all, thank you so much for opening up because that is like, it it means so much to talk to such, you know, inspirational women such as yourself for me. And, you know, just to hear that it actually, for me, hit me really deep because I had very similar experiences, I think, you know, then mm-hmm. I relate to what you, everything you just said. And, you know, it, it was more difficult back in the day. I mean, hell, it was more difficult back when I was in high school too, you know, and it was like, mm-hmm. you know, you couldn't say, well, I am this and I'm proud of it because you no. got bullied over stuff like that, yes. you know? So, yes. so right now, like the age we're living in, I don't think, you know, we acknowledge how far we've come. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, we really yeah, so I love I love everything that you said, and I'm I'm just so um, grateful that you had the you know the intelligence and the mental evolution to be able to accept this like idea of you know personal growth and just focusing on that because I think you know we talk about so many topics right like I'm sure you've heard about all the buzzwords right diversity inclusion and you know equal representation and I'm yeah. behind all of those words but it really comes down to what you said which is self-acceptance and really loving yourself. Yeah. Right. You can say all the right terms and you can march in all the right parades, but you know what, if inside you really don't feel that, and maybe that morning mask is going to make you feel like your skin glows a little, maybe that new haircut is going to make you like you can swing your head around. Maybe that, uh, you know, new, uh, t-shirt that kind of shows off your breasts and pulls in your waist is going to make you feel a little like you can walk a little higher, then that is truly where it starts. It isn't where it ends, but it's where it starts. And then if I may, I'm going to take you to the transition. So that's when I was 23, right? Yes. So then I had this really wonderful, charmed life. I married the love of my life. He was a soap star. He was super romantic. It was roses and, you know, walks in the park quite often. We oh. had a beautiful son, Hunter, after a very bad fight with infertility. And uh, he just ended up being the joy of our life. And, you know, everything. And I got on E! Entertainment. And then I went to the Ellen DeGeneres show. And I was, I am her current um, most reoccurring uh, guest star ever. Um, wow. 
could not have been more gracious and loving and kind to me. I ended up working on Ellen DeGeneres' show. I also was a regular every day on a Hallmark channel called Home and Family. And here's another interesting little funny thing before I go into my final um, turn on beauty. So I ended up being, and this is so prominent about where we are today in society and politics and woke and diversity and all those buzzwords that you said. I ended up being this one person that was on the Ellen DeGeneres show. So she, as we all know, um, is very uh, LGBTQ, um, uh, Democratic. Uh, Michelle Obama's on almost as often as I am. Um, We all know Ellen's politics and and where she stands, right? Exactly. Great, strong. Then I go over to Ellen on Monday and Friday, but on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, I'm over on Hallmark, which is very middle America, farmland. Ah, uh, um, yes. Uh, cons- more conservative skew, um, uh, more, um, you know, family, uh, the nuclear family oriented. And here's what I am so proud of. I'm able to walk that middle ground where I don't upset anybody from the Ellen population or anybody from the Hallmark population. And that I'm very proud of because I'll tell you what, I believe in inclusivity for everyone. I don't, I don't alienate anyone from either side. I'm able to say, here's where we can come together. We all want to be happier, brighter, more joyful. Um, we all want our ha- our families happy. We yeah. all want to be healthy. We all want to eat well. We all want, you know, so I can tell you, I can sit here for two hours and tell you all the things that we have in common on both ends. On this I love everything. I love everything you're saying. And I, and oh. I hate interrupting you because no, like, I just, do. I could listen to you for hours. And, oh. but like, I just want to say that like, seriously, like, this is like, so this is one of the most real conversations because that's again, because you have had this journey of this self-acceptance and self-love and just exuding that that's what allows you to be non, you know, you don't need to be labeled. You know what I mean? And to me, that's like the epitome. Yeah. That's the epitome of whatever people call like, you know, self-awareness or, you know, all these things because you know who you are. And so you don't need a label like in terms of politics or in terms of, you know, causes. Yeah. I won't take one. I won't take one. And here's the other thing I won't do. I won't alienate anyone. I won't yeah. alienate you because you're transgender, you're LGBT, what LGBTQ. I won't alienate you because you're super conservative, because yeah. you do go to church every I won't alienate anybody because I feel like we have so much more in common and we have so much more that we can work together on yeah. rather than divisive. And I think we've had a really strong amount of time of divisive thoughts, politics, and actions. And yeah. now it's time to come together. So it all, okay, so here now, so now I'm going to take you a step further. So awesome. then I, I walk that balancing act, right? And I do yeah. it easily. It's not like I have to say, oh, I don't want to, you know, I really feel this way. I really walk this way. I really, you know, so anyway, um, I do that and I have this 
fairly charmed life, right? Everything's going pretty darn good. And then I go three years without going to get a mammogram. I'm super busy. I got too much going on. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Look at me. I'm so fab. And then I go to my gynecologist, um, Sherry, and she says, let's do a mammogram. You haven't done one for three years. I'm like, oh, I don't really have time, Sherry. She goes, let's just do it. I go and I do it. Three days later, I'm walking with my girlfriend who's just recovered five years out from uh, stage four breast cancer. And I get a call saying, um, we saw something on your mammogram. We oh, no. So cut to, I'm going to go through all of that and just say, I had stage three B breast cancer. It was in my skin and my breast. I did a double mastectomy. I did 18 and a half weeks of chemo and I did seven and a half weeks of radiation. So all the princess that I told you about how I wanted to be as pretty as Kathy Murphy and Maria Mercator and Kathy Miller in high school. Well, all that got ripped away. I had no hair. I had no eyebrows. I had no eyelashes. I had no breasts. I was green and I was working on camera every day in high definition TV standing next to 20 year olds. So if that doesn't wow. bring you to your knees, I don't know what will. Yeah. Wow. I am like floored right now. Wow. Like, you know, and you know what? This is, this is just for me, like, it's just so eye opening because you are talking about beauty in a way that I think nobody wants to talk about. It is like, you know, this is so real and it's so much deeper than vanity. It's so much deeper than, you know, it's, it's a feeling we have inside of joy. And that's exactly what, uh, just, yeah, please continue. I'm just going to, I'm, I don't want to rant. I want you to tell me everything. I'm I'm so happy that you have, that it stimulates thoughts in you and, um, direction that you and your, your listeners can go, um, So here I am, you know, no hair, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. And I'm like, but I'm not going to stop working. I I can't because it's the only thing that's giving me something else to think about besides cancer. And am I going to die? My mortality. So um, I got a 21-year-old. I've got an older husband. I'm a beauty expert and I look like hell. So now what do I do? And you know, Hollywood certainly isn't all that forgiving either about, you know, age, let alone you're older and you got cancer. Jeez, we really don't want you. So um, my other network, I'm going to be honest with you, was kind of like, we'd rather you not mention it. But Ellen, but Ellen said to me, not only do I want you on, I want you on my show and I want you sitting next to me. Oh my gosh, I'm going to get just a little bit emotional here because yeah. it was so gracious of her. I want you on my show. I want you next to me. I want you sitting in a seat and I want you to tell your story. Oh so my gosh. Wow. That, yeah. That turned everything around for me. It really did because it made me say, you know what? I am going to be strong and she's accepting me. Yeah. My hair without my beauty and not feeling very funny. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. Well, um, you find your own, you found your own kind, Kim. Yes. You yes, know, I did. I did. Yeah. So I, um, I did that episode. Yeah. which was on YouTube, by the way. And, um, and it ended up being a very, very, very high rated episode for Ellen. And you know, the kind of people that Ellen has on from oh, yeah. Oprah Winfrey to, you know, 
Kelly Clarkson to Michelle Obama to whatever. So anyway, it ended up being one of her highest rated episodes. And interestingly enough, the day after it aired, my other network came to me and said, oh, you know, when we told you not to mention it, oh, we we didn't mean, uh, excuse, oh, um, can you go ahead and talk about it now? They were, yeah, they changed their whole tone right? because, because they need a leader. See, this is, I'm there just going to say this, there are leaders yeah. and there are sheep. That's and right. Ellen, like, I'm not even kidding. Like Ellen, I remember when I first saw Ellen on TV, I don't know. I go with vibes with people. I don't yeah. know if you know what I mean, but I yeah. can immediately tell in my gut if I'm going to vibe with you. And if I'm not, and if I can respect you or not. And when I saw Ellen for the first time, I yeah. remember feeling like this woman is going to like, you know, be somebody that can, you know, talk about things that I always wanted to learn about. I always right. wanted more, you know, like more coverage of like, she's just such a, she's a warm soul is what I'm trying to yeah. say. And that just exudes out of her. And I think when I said you found your own kind, that's exactly yeah. how I felt about you, you know, like, it, it, yeah. So I think that that is so rare, but it's so powerful. You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, Exactly. So that shifted everything for me. And now my purpose being in the beauty world is to share with other women and men um, about clean beauty, about how much toxins are in beauty products, about how careful we have to be about reading labels, about what you put on your lips and uh, on your skin, how it absorbs into your system and how your immune system can be affected if you do put too many chemicals in. Um, You know, it's, it's moved into such a different level than what we first started talking about where I just wanted to be pretty and have you like me. Now it's like, oh, forget it. I just want you to be healthy and strong. And I want you to be a warrior. And I want you to know that if you are going to put that, you know, lotion on your body or that sunscreen, just make sure that it's got this, this, and this, and not this, this, and this. And Mm -hmm. I want you to 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 be beautiful, but be beautiful and strong. Be beautiful yeah. and a oh, survivor, a warrior, a thriver. And it it just is such a different meaning for me than it was when I was 23. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's almost as if like, you know, you discover like, you know, who you are and then you discover that your entire standard of beauty has yeah. been transient your whole life. You know, exactly. it's like, it's like looking at yourself in the mirror. And, you know, for me, I know like when I like, you know, got into my thirties, I think that was the first time I ever looked at myself and said, like, I'm looking at myself as a human being and mm-hmm. I love what I see. And it's like oh. this personal journey. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I, I mean. Like, it's a personal that. journey. And I think, you know, everything you've been through, everything you've endured and, and fought through, it's it's not just inspirational, but it's like almost as if you, you know, have discovered the depth, uh, you know, like you have to find like the depth of things, right? Like there's no light without darkness. There's no exactly. positivity without the negativity. So it's like you went, to, you hit bottom and then you were able to rise to the very top. You know what I mean? So it's just, right. I love it. I love it. You're, I mean, I had to look up to see bottoms. So this this woman that I thought myself had this charmed life, just, you know, when you get hit with that, you got a 21-year-old, you got an older husband, you got stage 3B, you're just like, are you kidding? Like, it doesn't get worse. It really yeah. doesn't. And, you know, there were days that I have this um, old oak tree that's been cut down in my backyard ravine, and I would go out to my stump, and I would just cry to God and be like, what is this? 
why, how am I going to ever? And, you know, you're so right. It's when you hit that rock bottom that you really can see a different, you see it from a different angle. And it, it's what stimulated me to take this, this passion and, you know, led me to write this book that's coming up about how to live beautifully, both inside and out. I want to share this with all women. I want to give them everything that I've got, my years of 37 years of experience. Yeah. um, and really share it from a different level. I'm so excited you're coming out with a book. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like we can't just skip over that. I know, <laughs> right? Wow. I want you to have like a whole TV show, I feel like, Kim. Well, like, this is- you're you're going to freak out, but I actually am in talks with someone very, very popular who uh, who has a family that's on TV all the time. And yeah. uh, she wants to executive produce and we're talking with several um, networks right now. And uh, it's, oh it's going to happen. So, uh, you know what, again, I say that to say it only was because I hit rock bottom yeah. that I was able to kind of then say, you know what, I have so much more that I want to share on this platform and that led. So if, if any of your listeners are in a place right now where they're kind of like, wow, this isn't going so great. And I don't have a lot of options right now. And I'm not sure of my purpose. They can say, you know what? It's going to turn around. It's going, the light is going to shine through. Just keep looking, just keep staying strong and it will turn around and it's going to be better than it was before you had that dark time. Yeah. Wow. No, you know, it's, it's so like, it's rare to find people who can really speak about, you know, true, like just, you know, when you say like, I'm going through a dark time, like what that really means and what that does to your soul and the, and you know, the inspiration that comes from that. And more importantly, the fearlessness, I think that's the biggest, you know what I mean? Like when, like speaking to you, I can tell that you are not only such a strong woman, but you've seen real fear and real, you know, just danger and you've, you've overcome that. So now it's like, you know, it must like, you know, it must be like, well, everything is possible. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's extraordinary. Exactly. And that is a really freeing place to be, you know? So it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful to pivot and change and grow and accept what you've always said through this whole podcast. The self-acceptance is what is really the main part. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I want to, I want to shift focus a little bit and I want to actually ask you about, you know, what you think about the beauty community and like the beauty experts right now. Do you think that, you know, it's a positive thing or do you think that it's, it's kind of spiraling? Because I, I just want your, you know, general opinion about it. Cause I really, you know, I don't know what to think sometimes. I think people like they go in a direction and they ha- like hop on a bandwagon and there's no yeah. like genuine, you know what I mean? Like genuine content is what I mean. Like, I how agree. do you feel about that? So here's how I feel. And remember, I'm in a different demographic than you and probably a lot of your listeners and maybe a lot of the people that you follow. Here's what's hard for me. When I see, and I have so much empathy and I'm so pro-woman, I really am. But when I see a 19-year-old that is an influencer, and I'm putting my fingers in quotes, um, that is in the basement in Ohio of her mom and dad's home. And she is telling me about a wrinkle cream for around the eyes and trying to sell that to me. Yeah. I'm offended. 
I'm offended, A, because she's 19 and she doesn't have wrinkles and she shouldn't be thinking about that right now. I'm offended when our um, Revlon or L'Oreal or whoever puts on, you know, flawless 20-year-old supermodels to tell me how anti-aging, which I have a problem with right there. I want to tell you right now, it's pro-aging. It's not anti. That a woman is getting older, there's nothing wrong with that. It's life. God made us to age. So don't say anti-aging. It's pro-aging. And here's your other option. You don't want to age, then you're going to die. So don't say anti-aging. You are privileged if you are living long enough to have wrinkles on your face. Now, do I think there's anything wrong with trying to moisturize and use cream and uh, do things that are going to make you look fresh and youthful and make you look on the outside the way you feel on the inside? Not at all. I am absolutely for that. But don't tell me it's anti-aging. Don't tell me that when you turn 40, I'm not going to be listening to skincare anarchy anymore because you're 40. That is not true. It's you're, you're richer. You've got more experience. You're better. Let's look to our women that have gone through a lot of things in life and garner from their experience. Let's not throw them out with the baby. Let's not throw them out with the the wash, you know. So I have a problem with the beauty industry only showing us one aspect of beauty. Yeah. And going backwards, right? Like they're right. going backwards. Like for example, like I know on your your recent um, appearance on Ellen, I know you uh, you know demonstrated one of the brands was Womanist, and I had the privilege of interviewing the yes. founders. Yeah, oh. love yeah, and, and I and I was so excited for small. Oh, they're wonderful. Yeah, they really are. They really are. And I, you know, and I remember like you know when I first had them on, for example, and when I had you know. Um, you know, pause while aging, the founder of pause while aging, like those kind of brands, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, there's this beauty in age and there's this wisdom in age that nobody wants to speak about. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you use the word age, why is there a negative connotation to that? You're, mm-hmm. If you, if you are negative about aging, then you're negative about life. I mean, that's just how I see it. Aging is, you know, it's, it's wisdom. It's, it's experience, like you said, and it's, it's, you know, so many different factors that are coming together to make you a much more, you know, just well-rounded person. And it yeah, should and never be. And a more beautiful person. Because you know what? When we're talking about what you do every day on your podcast about beauty, everyone is beautiful when they're young and they're 15 and they're 18 and they're they've got taut skin and they've got beautiful shiny hair, whatever. You know, it's easy to be beautiful. But what true beauty is and the beauty industry and the beauty world, it's being beautiful when it is a little harder, when you are a little older, when the skin is a little drier, when that's when, you know, I think Jane Fonda is exquisite. She's 81. I think Meryl Streep is stunning. She's 65. I think uh, Oprah Winfrey is amazing with her big, full, wonderful, bouncy hair. I think 
I can do, you know, 500 women. But the thing is with Womanness and the two owners, a female owned company, which I love being a part of, is that, you know, at first when they came to me and they said, you know, we'd like you to, we'd like to talk to you about our product and trying it. I was like, you know, oh gosh, it's menopause. Oh God, you know, that's old, that's crusty, that's, you know. And then I said, but wait a minute, it's part of life. It's what happens to women. It's it's a second chapter. And there's nothing wrong with mentioning that that's what a woman's cycle goes through. Yeah. Yeah. Why would we not want to say what what is absolutely true? And I love that they have a neck cream. You need to start working on your neck, ladies, when you're 20. Get that cream down there. Use Let's Neck and and keep your neck all lubricated and moisturized. We all have tech neck now. We all have, you know, so many areas that we can have those bands around our neck. If you don't need to have them, why have them? Use yeah. it, you know, and and just so many other things that we can be feeling good about. They have a cream that is for all over your body and it helps with any dry skin, your elbows, your knees. It helps with any crepiness. Why not use something like that? But I love that Womaness addresses those things. and In says, a positive way, yeah. like in a positive way. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I just wanted to say like, you know, people use the word, for example, mother a lot, right? Some sort of feminine, um, feminine energy is introduced in the idea and yes. um, they say things like mother earth. Well, Mother Earth goes through seasons, just like every woman goes through seasons. So would you tell nature to say, would you tell nature, "Uh -uh, no, don't do fall. You need to go back to summer. Would you do that? You know what I mean? So good. Yeah. No, I mean that. And it's like, you know, you have to realize how big of an oxymoron that word anti-aging is. Like, and you know, everyone out there who's, you know, like, like all about, you know, I have to get rid of every line on my face and I have to, you know, all that. It's like, you need to self-discover first. I think like you need to meditate and relax. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So true. You're so, so right. And, and I've embraced that. And I have to tell you, that is a, a wonderful form of diversity that I am seeing a little more of now, which is what we've just talked about age that, you know, you don't have to just be 20 year old Bella Hadid or, you know, whoever, um, you know, promoting beauty and skincare and uh, loveliness, you can be a little bit older and I've embraced it. And it's given me a whole new career because a lot of my counterparts are wanting to not acknowledge that they're over 40. They don't want, oh, oh no, don't let, don't say my age. Don't say, my, I'm like, yeah. let me preach it from the mountaintops. I also am partnered with another company called Sarah Vital that I've mm. been with for eight years. And that's kind of like, um, it's like a revolutionary renewal complex and it, it has um, great vitamins and um, things that help you just with keeping your skin a little bit thicker when it starts to thin out with keeping, <sighs> feeling more um, energized and things like that. And I just want to say this one other thing about CeraVital that doesn't really happen very often, as you may know, in the yeah. beauty world. Um so I got with this company. I signed a six-year contract with them eight years ago. And um, things just kept going well. And I resonated with their audience. And it was wonderful. And I loved CeraVital and I promoted it. And then, so CeraVital is a health, it's a, a vitamin, it's a health, it's an amino acid. It helps you be healthy and strong, right? So right. then I get hit with breast cancer. 
Oh. And I start looking not so healthy. I start yeah, yeah. at ease that's not so great for a vitamin company. So I call up my agent crying and I say, so they're going to drop me, I'm sure. And my contract came up every quarter. So right when I got diagnosed, it was the beginning of the new quarter and they could uh, drop me or keep me. And so I told my agent, I said, I have to be honest with you. And, you know, my agent gets 10% too. So he wanted it to go on, but we both were like, "Uh uh-oh. So I said, I don't want to tell them, but I know I have to. He said, we have to. So let me call him up. Let me tell him you have stage three cancer. And he said, you know, we know what's going to happen. So they called him up, Sarah Vital, they're based out of Utah. And he said, so your, um, your spokeswoman is really sick and she may not make it and she's going to go through all of this stuff for the next two years. Um, So we just want to let you know. And you guys think about it. And when the next payment is due in two days, you let us know if you're going to go on with her or if you're going to drop her and get somebody. So two days go by, we get nothing. Three days go by a week. A week later, I not only get my contract renewed, but I get a bonus from them that they wow. on for a lot longer. And they never dropped me. And you know what? I want to tell you something. I will be loyal to that company forever because they had the opportunity with no judgment. And I would never have told this story yeah. to just drop me and say, look, we're a vitamin company. We need somebody healthy. We don't want somebody who's gotten hit with cancer and they stayed with me and I will forever be grateful. And that's the kind of companies like Womaness, like Sarah Vital, that I have my name and my platform to. These are real, real like companies with a heart and a soul and ethics and morals. Oh my gosh. Like I am so happy that you shared that because that's exactly what we need. That is beauty. You you want to talk about beauty? That's beauty. beauty, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's beauty, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, you, if you cannot make someone feel lifted or, uh, right. you know, just beautiful and okay and safe, then you are not allowed to talk about beauty because that is the essence of it. And that's what really matters. I'm, I'm so happy uh, so that you told that story. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. I love and, that. And I'm careful. I only promote beauty products and companies that I've used them. I've tried them. I've researched them. They're safe. They're healthy for my followers and um, that I like because you know what? I don't have to promote every lipstick or every mascara. I just, you know, I'm at a stage in my life. I don't have to do that anymore. So I love that because my followers and your listeners know that if I'm going to endorse something, I really believe in it. And, and that's the answer to your earlier question, which was, what do you feel about what's going on in the beauty industry? And I don't always feel it's all that legit. I think if, you know, these young influencers get paid $500 to promote this lipstick that's laced with, you know, chemicals or iodine or, you know, toxic, whatever. It's yeah. it's not good. That's not good. You need to research it before you promote it. hundred percent. Yeah. No, I completely, completely agree with you. And I think that there needs to be genuinely, there needs to be a huge reevaluation of, yes. you know, why brands are being launched and what the vision is. And honestly, Kim, um, you know, if I'm very, very like, you know, candid and open about it, I, 
really my goal with this podcast was to hear every single person's story. Like no joke. People like ask me, they're like, Ecto, why do you do so many interviews? And I'm like, because there are not, there are so many stories in the world. And if I can't, you know, what am I, if I don't listen to those perspectives, you know, and make an analysis based on truth, you know? So good. Wow. I think that makes you a richer person. I really do more depth. Yeah, no, it does. And I, you know, I, I'm just so privileged now because I get to talk to people like you. So, you know, it really comes down to like just finding your home. You know, it comes down to finding who you are and finding your home and everything that you've told us. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, I I could talk to you for hours, Kim, honestly, and I'm going to beg you to come back on like as many times as you can. I would love it. I would love it. Thank you so much for this. And, you know, everyone listening out there, I mean, if you have not been inspired by everything that we've heard and, you know, all the amazing things that Kim has done and accomplished and achieved in her life, then I don't know what to tell you. You know, yeah, I don't know what's going to inspire you after that. But uh, thank you so much. And yeah, I'll be back next time with another episode. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, darling. And you'll let everybody know they can find me at Instagram at Kim with the Y, Kim Douglas. Yes. Yes. I'm going to tag everything in the art and I'm going to, you know, have everything listed there. So everyone listening, please check out all the tags and, um, you know, just stay tuned for all the good stuff. Love it. Be beautiful and be strong. And thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.